and uh, welcome again to K3C, the place where we believe that Christ is resident. And uh, I am excited and wonderfully uh, pleased to be able to uh, continue on to this series that we have begun. This one that is uh, today titled Opposing Kingdoms. Our title of the message today is Opposing Kingdom. Last week, we started out a series uh, uh, talking about uh, what we believe as we have read the scriptures, as we have studied the scriptures, was the thing that was possibly the, 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 the most important thing in the mind of Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry. One of the things that he did was everywhere that he went, he talked about the kingdom of God. Every place that he walked, he talked about the kingdom of God. And indeed, any person that he met, he was speaking to them about the kingdom of God. This defined the ministry of Jesus. We said that the ministry uh, of Jesus was specific to the Jews. And as he was talking to the Jews, he was telling them this about a coming kingdom. Not only this time, but even a coming kingdom in the, in the future. We define the kingdom of God as being not only a realm, not only a place, but also a time. When the sovereign rule of God is over the world. A time and possibly a realm as well. When the sovereign rule of God is and reign of God is over the world. You know the rule of God is a wonderful thing. And we long for the rule of God. Why? Because the rule of God is about justice. Or the rule of God is about goodness. The rule of God is about perfection. The rule of God is about righteousness. The rule of God is about justice. It's about the provision of supply. It is peace in, in abundance. This is the rule of God. This is why we long for the rule of God. This is why we long for the time when the sovereign rule of God will be evident because we will enjoy all of these things listen paul in romans chapter number 14 and verse 17 puts it like this that the kingdom of god is not about eating and drinking but it's about righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost oh i tell you that the kingdom of god when it comes and we find it its expression it is about spirit empowered living it's about being able to live as powered by the Holy Ghost. There is a time that we are all waiting for. Not only are we waiting for it, my Bible tells me creation is waiting for this time to come. In fact, the scripture says that creation is waiting, is longing for man and the sons of God to be made manifest. Creation is longing for that time when the sovereign rule and reign of God will be evident. Creation is longing. Many times we like joking and saying when you're walking somewhere and you hear dogs barking at you. When they're barking, what are they barking? What are they saying? Perhaps they're saying it is time for you to manifest. Son of God, manifest, manifest. Oh, when you're walking around and you're hearing animals, uh, birds chirping, what are they chirping? Perhaps they're saying it is time for you to manifest. Everyone, creation is longing for the manifestation of sons of God. They're waiting for that time. Oh, that time when the sovereign rule of God is going to be over the world and over the earth, over the people of the earth. They're waiting for that time. 
But let me tell you that, that when that time is fulfilled, there will be a difference in the earth. When that time is fulfilled, there will be a difference, again I say, in the earth. Listen, Jesus went around Galilee in Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. He went about saying, the time is fulfilled. Hallelujah. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus went around saying that that time that the world is waiting for, that time that creatures are waiting for, that time that all of creation is waiting for has come. That time has come. And he says the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What we need to do now is to repent, to change our minds and to believe that this is the word of God, that this is true. You see, the sovereign reign of God provides for believers some advantages. It gives believers blessings that are unavailable in any other uh, kingdom, in, in the world as is presently. When the sovereign reign of God checks in, I tell you that advantages begin to be seen to the believers. You and I need to come into this kingdom oh, so that we can begin to see these advantages and these blessings. Uh, indeed, First John chapter 3 and verse Number two says, Beloved, now are we sons of God. Now are we sons of God. Hey, now are we sons of God. Now are we able to bring the kingdom of God to manifestation. Now are we able to see the kingdom of God established. Now are we able oh, to demonstrate the reign of God. Now, you who are at home, now is the hour. Beloved, now are we sons of God, says First John chapter 3 and verse 2. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know, <laughs> we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. There is the present, there is the now, but brothers and sisters, there is a fullness and a reality of future happenings that when fully we have seen him, when fully we have known him and, uh, and we have been known, uh, then, oh, uh, glory shall indeed come. And the Lord is saying and reminding us that now, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Now are we the sons of God. Now are we in the kingdom of God. Now are we meant to be citizens of this high and glorious kingdom. Even as we can now access this kingdom and have sovereign reign of God demonstrated in our lives, there is another kingdom that governs the present world. There is another kingdom that is present here. Each one of us knows this. Many of us uh, have, are not, may, may not be very aware of this. But indeed, today, we are going to be talking about the opposing kingdoms. My Bible tells me in John chapter 14 and verse number 30, it says Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he says, I will no longer talk much with you. Why? For the ruler of the world is coming. The ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me, says the Lord. Jesus is telling his disciples that the ruler of the world, who's called Satan, there is a ruler of the world as we see it. This present age and this present kingdom has a ruler. And the Bible says that his name is Satan. And the Bible tells us, Jesus tells us that he has no claim over him. The devil has no claim over him. The devil has no power over Jesus. Nor does he have anything that he can use against Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a ruler in this present life. And that ruler is none other than the enemy. 
Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 12. You may be looking at me and thinking, really? Is he ruling? The Bible is clear, explicit. It tells us that indeed this, that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle indeed against principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against rulers of this darkness. We wrestle against rulers of the darkness of this age. And we wrestle against spiritual hosts in wickedness, of wickedness in the heavenly places. Brothers and sisters, I am trying to convince you ah, by the word of the Lord that there is a ruler in this life. There is a kingdom that is ruled by none other than the works of darkness. The Bible calls them, they are the rulers of this present darkness. There is a present darkness. You know, we come into the world and we, we may not realize that there is a present darkness. We come into the world and we don't know that there is somebody who is ruling in darkness. We don't know this until unless it comes to you as a revelation. There are spiritual hosts. They are not few. There are many. A spiritual host of wickedness. And the Bible tells us where they are. They are in the heavenly realms. My friends, there are people and there are things, there are spirits that are Ruling right now. There is a kingdom that rules this present age. And it is led by none other than Satan himself. There is this kingdom that is here. Jesus begins to tell us a story again. And uh, this is the story of Jesus when he had just uh, been baptized. He has been uh, spoken of by God the Father says this one I am pleased with and listen to him and the Bible tells us that he has just come out of the water and he's been filled with the spirit of God and he is now led into the wilderness by none other than the Holy Spirit and the spirit leads him into the wilderness that he may be tested by none other than the devil my Bible tells me that as he has he's arrived there and he has been hungry, he has not been eating. He comes up and meets up with the serpent, the old guile, the wise, uh, uh, the, 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 sh the shrewd, the crafty, the, the, the full of guile and bile, the enemy, the devil. And he comes and tells him, you are hungry, you are powerful. Change these stones into bread and feed your hunger. And Jesus turns to him and says, hey, listen, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then we go to Luke chapter number 4 and verse number 5 is where we want to go. And the second thing, the enemy seems to, to leave him. Satan seems to go, but he takes him again and leads him up. And verse number 5 it says, And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. The enemy showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment in time. Verse number 6, And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory. I will give it to you, for it has been handed over to me. Listen to that portion, because we're going to be talking about that. It has been handed over to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. If you worship before me, it shall all be yours. Listen, Jesus was in the wilderness and the enemy came up to him and he began to show him. Because the Bible re refers to these things as the temptations of Jesus. It could not be a temptation if the enemy did not have the power to give him these things. 
And the Bible says that he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He showed him the kingdoms in the present. He showed him the kingdoms in the past. He showed him all the kingdoms. He was telling him all of these things in a moment in time I can give to you because they are in my domain. I dominate all the kingdoms of the world. I am ruling. I am dominant. I am the one in charge of all the kingdoms of the world. And he said, listen, if you just bow before me, then I shall give it to you because it has been handed over to me. I want to tell you that there is a, a king, there is a ruler, and there is one who is ruling over every kingdom, all the kingdoms of the world presently. There is one who rules, and his name is Satan. Listen, kingdoms can be dominated in different ways. Satan dominates in different ways. Kingdoms can be dominated geographically. When you talk about geography, we talk about there are some borders, there are boundaries to any realm. Any realm is a geographical place. When we talk about places, uh, we know that there are places that are, 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 are ruled over and dominated by princes of darkness. When you look at Daniel chapter 10 and verse number 13, we see that there Daniel was praying and there was this that was called the prince of Persia. The prince of Persia was a territorial spirit. He was dominating geographical places. And brothers and sisters, their geographical zones and places that the devil operates and he rules over. In my university days, I was in a place called India. And when I looked at India, in India, you could see very different kind. There was a different atmosphere and spiritual atmosphere there. You know, you could operate anyhow, at any time. It seemed as though the levels of, 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 of corruption or theft was very low. People would ride on their scooters with words of money huge amounts of money. They just put them on their scooter. Everybody can see this man is carrying money and he drives to the bank and he comes out. He goes and withdraws. He does all his things. And we used to, I used to wonder myself, I said, Ay, this one cannot happen in Kenya. But yet I found that in that place called India, there was a territorial spirit. If I could sense, I would say that that spirit was an idolatry spirit. If millions of people, billions in fact, there are billions there, many are worshipping idols. And the, the major spirit I would say would be there would be the spirit of idolatry. Idol worship. There are other minor spirits that are there that are running about and about and, 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 and there. But you can see that in India there, one of the major spirits that dominates that geographical area is the spirit of idolatry. In Kenya here, when you come to Kenya, you understand when you look at the places and you do a spiritual mapping, you realize that perhaps the spirit that dominates us here is a spirit called corruption. Corruption. Every time, you, every place that you go, there is corruption. There is corruption. Perhaps we are ruled and dominated by this that is called the spirit of corruption. Kingdoms can be dominated in geographical places and areas. There are places and, and uh, even where we have grown up, 
various uh, tribes come from certain places and various tribes have different uh, spirits that rule and reign over them. There are tribes, particular tribes that have pride. Oh, they are full of pride. There are other tribes that are, are, are full of greed. There are other tribes that are, are, are full of fear. I mean, you, they, you can name it. And I'm not trying to point out and highlight anything that we do not know. Because the spirit and kingdoms, the enemy, he dominates geographical realms. But beyond geographical realms, the enemy also wants to dominate by ideology. And when I talk about ideology, I am talking about a manner or a content of thinking characteristic of an individual, a group, or a culture. He wants to ideologically dominate us. In fact, on the other side, kingdoms are dominated, yes, by this ideological uh, st uh, ways. Uh, another definition of, uh, of ideological uh, uh, manners is this. It is uh, to, to, an ideology is a systemic body of concepts, especially about human life or culture. A systematic body of concepts, especially about human life and culture. The enemy wants to dominate our ideology, the manner in which we think, the manner in which we think as individuals, as groupings, and therefore create a culture. Oh my. By virtue, you know, um, this ministry called Campus Crusade came up with a, a teaching regarding seven mountains. And they talked about the world having seven pillars of influence. Seven pillars of influence. And these seven pillars of influence are ideological pillars. They are pillars that the enemy would want to utilize. Many of us have heard about them. Number one is religion. We know when we look around, we see that uh, kingdoms are dominated by religion. Because religion is, 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 is the format in which men try to reach God. Man cannot reach God by himself, we have read from the scripture. You cannot. You will try and you will cut yourself. You will burn yourself. You will kill yourself, but you cannot get to God until he reaches to you. And therefore, there are religions all around the world, ways and means to try to get to God. But we know that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. Let me tell you that the enemy has many ways to come to himself. Jesus is the only way to the Father. Others will come up with many religions. There are many religions. There are many teachings. There are many things. And the, 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 this mountain of religion, the enemy wants to dominate it. He wants to give, put content. He wants to give people a certain thinking. He wants to have a systematic body of concepts uh, 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 and culture. All that will enculturate us into following the wrong thing. Religion is number one. Second, second mountain is family. Family is, uh, is, is, is the basic unit that that God said to be able that man may be able to overcome, to dominate the world, to dominate everything in this in the, in, in, in the, that we know in the world. Family is the basic smallest unit that is there. Oh, but the enemy would want to rule it. He would want to dominate it. Now, when you look around, what do you see? You see families that are broken. You see divorces. You see people 
who are hurting, you're seeing pain, you're seeing uh, so many things that are happening in people's lives. Why? Because the enemy is dominating family. He's dominating our family lives. The enemy is dominating the third, the third mountain. is called the mountain of education. We are being taught, uh, oh, that yes, indeed, uh, uh, people came from a small atom. That this thing, there was a big bang and it was a theory that we, we, our great, great, great grandfathers were actually monkeys and so forth. Who told you that? The Bible has not given us that kind of story. But there is an education. There is an ideology. There is a thing that is being taught to men and to children. Oh, that there is no God. That there are other things that dominate and create things. Oh, no. Our education, even now as we look around it, we look at the CBC, we look at the various conversations about education, we are wondering, where is it going? Hey, the enemy wants to dominate our education. When it comes to government, we look at government, we know that as Kenyans we've been complaining and we are crying, but it is not only Kenyans, it's the world over. Every government seems to be evil in its intentions. It seems to be evil in its workings, and we begin to wonder, what is it that this government is for? The enemy wants to dominate it. Many a time we look and we are saying it is so and so. If we change these people, oh, we will be okay. Listen, in, in this Kenyan uh, uh, economy and in, in, in our country now, we are changing our elected officials to unprecedented levels. Up to 85% of them are being changed. But when the new ones come in, uh, they come in and they go back to the very same thing. What does it mean? It means then that it is not the individuals. We are not fighting against flesh and blood but we are fighting against spiritual forces in high places all that want to dominate there is a ruler of the earth and it is not man Oh, we look at media. When you look at media, we look at things. What is being portrayed? What is being read? We look at pornography. We look at all oh, the manner of things that are there in the media, diverse as it is. But there is an agenda that is coming forth. If it is the agenda of same-sex marriage, if it is the agenda of homosexuality, if it is the agenda, whatever agenda it may be, it is present in the media. And God is saying, listen, it is not so much that this media is doing it by itself. There is an unseen hand behind this. Arts and entertainment and business. All of these mountains, that these seven mountains that we've talked about, there is a hand behind it. And I want to tell you that it is this one. The Bible says that all the kingdoms of the world are in his hand. He is the one who is dominating. No wonder Jesus would go around and he would be preaching Repent, change your mind, change your mind, be transformed. Why? Renew your mind because there is a new kingdom. There is a kingdom that is greater than anything that you have seen, you have heard, that is present now. Jesus was moving around telling people this. Repent, change your minds, because the enemy is out to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. He is ruling. He is the one who is dominating this present kingdom, and we need to understand that. Let me tell you an interesting thing. This kingdom is not a multiplicity of kingdoms. There is only two kingdoms. There is one, the kingdom of darkness, and two, the kingdom of light. I have always thought that there are many kingdoms. That there are many kingdoms in the world. Hey, I think in my understanding, there's only two. Kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. 
Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 tells us this. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. He, ha, he has brought us from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of light and the son that he loves. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, a verse that we all love and we know. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a people belonging to God, so that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I want to suggest to you there is a kingdom, two kingdoms. It's the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. There's only two kingdoms. There is two kingdoms. There is a multiplicity of ways of, 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 of getting to the, to the top of, and, and, and to the ruler of each king, of, 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 of the one of the kingdoms as the kingdom of darkness. But there is only one way in the kingdom of light and the kingdom of God. And that way is Jesus. Revelation chapter number 11 and verse number 15 goes further. It says this. Then the seventh angel sounded a trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven. This is now at the end of time, because the Revelation story is telling us what will happen at the end of time. And this is what the Bible says, the kingdom of the world, singular, has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever. This kingdom is one. There's only two kingdoms. And each of them is opposing the other. The kingdom of the world, which is ruled by Satan, at the end of time, will have become the kingdom of our God. Hallelujah. Oh, I wish there was somebody who would say a hallelujah somewhere. Yes, he has become the kingdom of our Christ. And he will reign forever and forever. You see, the devil has always had this desire. His one goal was to be worshipped as God. He has always desired to be as God. He knows in his deepness, in the depths of his uh, whatever he may have as a heart, that he cannot overtake God. He knows that he cannot overthrow God. But he wanted to worship, to be worshipped just like God. Isaiah chapter number 14 tells us, you said in your heart, and he talks about five I wills, five I wills that the enemy, that the devil said, I will ascend to the heavens. Number two, I will raise my throne above the stars of God. Number three, I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Zaphon. Number four, I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. And number five, I will make myself like the most high. But God tells him, but you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. That may have been his desire. But God is saying there is a finality that is coming for you. Your kingdom opposes the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light. But there is a finality for you. Listen, the things that we are seeing now as we go out into the world, you wonder how come, how is it that People are, are moving and growing. How is it that people are prospering? Next week, we're going to be talking about how you enter, how you prosper in the kingdom of darkness and also in the kingdom of light. There is a difference into how you prosper, how you enter in. There's a difference in how you enter in. Oh, the two kingdoms have different entrances. The two kingdoms have ways in which you will rise. And how you can have success in the kingdoms. Next week, we're going to be talking about that. But this now, we're talking about this. 
that the kingdom of darkness is not divided. It is one, it is singular. It is efficient, it is ruthless. It is effective and it comes heavily on the scene. Everyone would know that there is this, that is a kingdom of darkness. Oh, listen. Jesus was going around doing good, healing sick. Uh, he was doing mighty wonders. But yet, there was something that happened. When people came and saw him healing the people who were demon-possessed, people who were blind, people who were mute, they said, ah, this one, he's healing by the finger of another called Beelzebub. And listen, verse number 24 of Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 24. It says, but when the Pharisees heard this, they said, only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, does this man drive out demons. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be laid waste. Every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? How then can... The kingdom of darkness is not divided. There are times when people will tell you, come, a witch doctor will drive out devils. No, it never happens. It is a lie from the pit of hell. There is nothing about... The kingdom of the enemy of darkness is not divided. And Jesus has said it. Satan cannot drive out Satan. He never will. He never can. He is operating a single, efficient, ruthless, effective operation to make people bow to him and to worship him. And we need to be careful because I know that sometimes, oh, we walk in and we say, ha, how is it that this has happened? Oh, let us go. Maybe medicine has not worked. And let us now go to this other side. Let us try this other side. No, it never works and it never will work. The question that I hear you asking is there now. How did Satan receive the power, his power to rule? The Bible tells me in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 6 as we read it. He says it was handed over to him. This power of this opposing kingdom was handed over to him. In Genesis chapter number 1, we know that God, as he fashioned and as he formed, as he created Adam, he, and, and he, he said, Adam and Eve, he said, you go out, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and dominate it. He gave them authority and he gave them responsibility. Two things, responsibility and authority. These things go hand in hand. You cannot have authority and feign responsibility. The minute you have authority, you must be responsible. And this is the place that I want to suggest to you that the enemy took or it was handed over to him. Rulership, authority, domination was handed over to him. Listen to what happened in Genesis chapter number 3. Verse number 1, the woman was deceived by the serpent up to verse number seven. She looks at this fruit and the serpent tells her, hey, did God really say? Did he really say? And he, she, you know, she is confused. And the Bible says that she was deceived. And she took and she ate and together with her husband, they had their eyes open. In verse number eight, we see that God appears on, uh, and verse, up until verse number 11. And God does not address the woman. He addresses the man who was given authority and responsibility. He was asked, 
Adam. God speaks to Adam. He asks him, what happened? And I see that Adam, who has responsibility, in verse number 12, shifts responsibility. And with it goes authority to the woman. He says, the woman who you gave me is the one. God had not prior talked to the woman. He was talking to the man who was given authority. Now, the Bible says in verse number 13, God begins to address the woman because responsibility and authority has been handed to her. And the woman is asked, so what happened? <laughs> she turns around and she blames the serpent. What happens? Authority and responsibility is handed over to the enemy. Now the devil didn't have anyone to blame. So he has remained... <laughs> He has remained ruler. He has remained with authority. It was handed over to him. Let me tell you this. The domain that was given to man to rule has now been handed to the enemy. Everything that we see in this world that was meant to be us dominating is now in the charge of the enemy. No wonder Jesus says when he comes, he says, listen, there is another kingdom. Repent. Change your minds. Come into this kingdom. The kingdom of darkness is around and about us. As I finish, God has made a provision for the saints to come into the kingdom of God. To move from darkness into light. You see, the vagaries of this life cannot hold down anyone. No. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 43 says this. The righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. The righteous will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom. I say again, the righteous will shine forth in the kingdom, will shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. There is a kingdom that Jesus is speaking about. And he's saying that you, if you are able to come into this kingdom, you will shine forth like the sun. In the midst of corona, in the midst of economic downturn, in the midst of things happening, falling down, you will shine like the sun in the kingdom of his father. There is a provision that God has for you. Lord, in Jesus' name, I am praying right now that everyone who hears my voice will understand that they are opposing kingdoms. But yet, Lord, you have made a provision for your children. That, Lord, that they shall shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Father, I pray that men shall begin to rise, that men shall begin to manifest. Sons of God shall begin to show themselves in the name of Jesus, that we shall not accept what we see now oh, as a present reality, but we shall speak into it. We shall manifest your glory. We shall manifest your power. We shall change this world and we shall cause your kingdom come. King of kings, only you can see. Life is king, and the power.